about to listen to a sermon from Newtown Erskineville Anglican Church. As a church, we want to see whole communities captivated by Jesus Christ and living out His freedom. As apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you, but we were gentle among you, like a mother caring for her little children. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share uh, with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you have had become, sorry, because you had become so dear to us. Surely you remember, brothers, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witness, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Hello, my name's Ellie, and I'm going to read from John chapter 13. That's page 1066 in the Pew Bibles. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, And the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head also. Jesus answered, A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew he was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, You should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Well, good evening. My name is Roger Brown, one of the ministers here. Great to be here with you this evening and thinking about what it means to go deeper 
Uh, one of the things I love about living in the inner west is that people are really committed to community. I can't walk out of my place without meeting people uh, in the street. Sometimes complete strangers, they just say hi and we get ourselves into a conversation. Sometimes people uh, I see regularly in the cafes, all kinds of different places. And people really love this idea of people gathering together and in this community together. But as Matt mentioned uh, in the video, that one of the challenges here is that Actually, we love community, but going deeper with one another is actually a challenging thing to do. Um, we, we long for a place to tell our stories, uh, to, to share our joys and our sadness, um, a place where people not only just hear them, but actually understand us and um, share them with us in a, in a way that means that they walk side by side with us. And of course, churches are a great place for that to happen. Uh, a great place for people to come together and to be able to share one another's burdens and to speak into each other's lives. Um, I know I've experienced it in this church myself uh, a number of different times. Uh, I've seen people speak into other people's lives uh, through text messages or through conversations I've seen after church or in cafes as people meet up. It's just beautiful to observe people going deeper with one another. In fact, last Sunday night, um, as we met here, I had a long conversation with someone and the person finished the conversation by just saying, hey, how can I pray for you this week? It was a just wonderful moment. And I want to encourage you, that's a really good thing and a really lovely thing to see uh, develop within our church. And it's a great start. But the truth is, uh, going deeper with one another is something that we could always grow in. And so this year, as we think about the shape of this year and how it's going to work, we want to think about how do we go deeper? What are we going to do in terms of going deeper? I'd love... Uh, the end, at the end of the year to see people in their seats uh, at the end of the service, you know, just sitting and praying with people or to overhear conversations at, at supper where people are talking about their difficult workplaces and people are saying, so how God, what's God doing there? What's God doing in your life there? Or maybe small groups where people have been really journeying together through quite difficult times but actually able to share with one another at quite deep levels. Or perhaps to see our cafes and parks and workplaces and uh, places of learning flooded with Christians who are meeting together to go deeper. It would just be a wonderful thing to see. And so the question for us this evening is, how do we go deeper? Um, and so I want to think about that in three different ways, um, just briefly with you this evening. Why go deeper? Go deeper the challenge and go deeper the next steps. Why go deeper? Well, we heard um, this evening in our passage from 1 Thessalonians that it's possible for us, um, th that one of the outworkings of the Christian life, as Paul explains it here, is the opportunity to live life and to go deeper with other people. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And then later on the passage, we see that expressed in this way, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. It's an expression of people as they hear the word of God come into their lives, they start to live life together, start to express what that means as they live their life in Christ, and they encourage and they comfort and they urge people so there's, there's not only a kind of building up in, in the sense of walking alongside people with their struggles, but there's also a determination in the conversations to urge people to live lives worthy of their calling. These are conversations which say to people, hey, 
how about you grow up in this area? Now, it may not be as blunt as that. That sounds pretty blunt, doesn't it? I just remember a period of time in my life where there was a particular guy called John, and uh, he walked alongside me for about three years. And there were a number of times where he just drew me aside and said, mate, it's time to grow up. Um, uh, Get on with it. Mature in Christ. What are you doing? Um, And that was pretty shocking, of course, um, and I didn't always like that, and sometimes I pushed back. But it was actually one of the periods in my life where I just grew so much as a Christian because people took the time and he took the time just to walk beside me and to speak into my life and have those challenging conversations. I mean, the truth is we now know each other years later and I can speak into his life. It's not just all one way. We've been able to speak into each other's lives over the years. And there's something beautiful about that as you live life together as you work out what it means to be a Christian together, you grow in Christian maturity as you go deeper with one another and speak the truths of God's word into each other's lives. And you do that by just doing life together. Um, There's lots of other things we can say about that and we'll need to talk about how to do that as time goes by. But going deeper is about actually being intentional in our conversations with one another, inviting people to go deeper with us Uh, It's about being vulnerable and it's about taking the opportunities that we have presented to us to help people grow in their Christian maturity. And so this year we want to focus on that, the idea of going deeper, um, going deeper with God but going deeper with each other as well. Now, as I mentioned, there's some pretty significant challenges here um, with the idea of going deeper. Uh, One of the biggest challenges is, I think, our own hearts um, in this process. Uh, Part of the challenge we have in thinking about going deeper is that we focus on ourselves um, and we focus on who we are and what's going on in us. And then sometimes as we focus on other people, uh, things are still focused on us. Let me me give you an example. Perhaps the thought of uh, going deeper really scares you. Um, I don't want to go deeper with other people. I can't even go deeper with myself, let alone share my life with someone else. Perhaps it's the issue of pride. I couldn't possibly let people know that I'm like that. I I find myself difficult to live with at that point. Or perhaps it's the issue of um, letting other people in so that they can actually speak and you've got to change and you don't actually want to change and you just want to, you're quite comfortable with the way that you are. I know I've certainly experienced that as well. Sometimes people have said to me, actually going speaking about spiritual things and going deeper is, is, it's just too private. In fact, one guy said to me, look, if you ask me about my spiritual life, it's like you asking me about my sex life. I'm not going to tell you. Wow, okay. There's no chance to go deeper here. I mean, this is just weird. I don't know how you feel about going deeper with other people. There's there's some significant challenges. And then actually, as you go deeper with other people, as you speak to other people, uh, one of the other challenges I've found is that sometimes in that conversation, I'm monitoring myself and thinking, oh, how well did I do that? That was pretty good. I, I used the right word there. I'm glad I came up with that right. Oh, that's, that's, I'm, I'm good at this. And all of a sudden I'm seeking approval and my pride is going up and I'm being arrogant in what I do and my heart is just in completely the wrong place. So whether you're fearful or whether you're prideful, there's, there's stuff going on. And I think actually the biggest challenge to this whole business of going deeper with one another Um, as God's people, is our hearts and what's going on in our hearts and in our lives as we think through these things. And so as we think about this challenge, 
And as we think about going deeper, the question is, how do we meet that challenge and what do we do? Well, I think a clue for us um, in this challenge is our vision. Uh, Some of you may know our vision is captivated by Jesus Christ and living out his freedom. Um, The way to deal with things, the way to live as Christ has called us to live, is to be captivated by Jesus Christ. And as we're captivated by him, and he's beginning to work in our lives and change us and transform us by his spirit, we live out his freedom in one another. The focus is on Jesus and not on us. We're captivated by him, and as an outworking of being captivated by him, we are then able to enter into deeper conversations with one another. This evening, I thought in terms of doing this, let's look at a passage in John chapter 13. Uh, We heard that passage read uh, just a few moments ago, and I just wanted to kind of think about what does it actually mean to go deeper using this passage. Now, John chapter 13 is kind of the final section as Jesus speaks with his disciples before his death. It's kind of a a discipleship program on steroids. Um, He says all kinds of different things to them. He's very powerful in what he says to them. He prays for his disciples. But what I find so interesting is that he begins... Uh, this particular uh, discipleship program by washing their feet. Now, you may or may not be familiar with things about washing feet. Um, Washing feet is probably not something we do a lot here these days. Um, I think Seb and Jasmine, they're here. We had a lovely washing feet uh, ceremony with a wedding here recently. But it's not something we normally see. And, of course, in Jesus' day, it had a particular goal. It was to clean people's feet. Um, And the reason for that is that feet got very, very dirty. And usually the person who did the feet cleaning was the the least uh, servant, the servant who uh, who was the least of all the servants. It was considered an extremely dirty, difficult job, and you just didn't give it to anyone. And so Jesus comes to his disciples. They've got filthy, dirty feet. And as someone said to me today, and they probably didn't know how to cut their nails and they probably had fungus all over them as well. They're just pretty disgusting. And Jesus, the Lord of all the universe, think about it, the Lord of the universe comes to his disciples and said, I want to wash your feet. I want to get down on my knees in all the filth and the muck. And I want to wash your feet. A remarkable beginning to his journey with his disciples in his last hours as he teaches them. Well, we come to Peter. He's there. Uh, Peter, of course, is a close friend of Jesus, a close disciple of his. And Simon Peter says in verse 6, uh, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Now, I think that's a pretty funny question, actually, because it's obvious he's washing everybody else's feet. Um, but anyway, uh, Peter is kind of thinking, well, maybe, like, I can't believe that Jesus would wash my feet. Surely the servants will wash my feet. It's just beyond me that Jesus would wash my feet. And Jesus says, well, actually, you haven't got the whole picture here. You're going to understand this a little bit later on. And so Peter says to him, look, no, you will never wash my feet. It's a bit unclear as to what is actually going on in Peter's head at this time, why Peter is refusing to let Jesus wash his feet. Because what Jesus is doing here is saying, Peter, 
I want an intimate moment with you. I want to go deeper with you. I want to come close to you. Now, Peter says no. And I think what's partly happening here is that Peter is saying, Jesus, I'm happy for you to come close, but I want you to come close on my own terms. I want you to come deeper with me on my own terms. No, you cannot wash my feet. Well, Jesus then goes on to say, well, look, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Well, Peter flips completely the opposite direction and basically says, Jesus, give me a bath. You know, don't wash my feet, just wash my hands and my head as well. Do the whole bit. So on one hand, he's saying no, and then on the other hand, he flips the other way. But you see what's happening, don't you? It's still on his terms. Jesus said to him, I want to wash your feet. And Peter says, no, you're going to do this for me. Jesus says, I want to go deeper with you in this way. I want to draw you close in this way. And Peter's not letting him. So Jesus in verse 10 answers with a very interesting answer. He says, those who've had a bath need only wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean. That's a really intriguing thing to say. I'm sure he's not particularly referring to the fact that Peter might have had a bath that day or something like that. It's, it's metaphorical language. It's, it's trying to say something else. And what, what is Jesus actually saying here to Peter? That he's already had a bath and, and Jesus wants to just wash his feet. Well, I think the clue becomes in the, in the beginning of the chapter as we start out um, this chapter. As uh, John tells us what is going on, he, he tells us something about Jesus in John chapter 13, verse 1. And he said, Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now, you might have a slightly different translation in front of you, but this one, I think, helps us understand what is actually going on. He says, Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. What he's saying is, hey, Peter, you don't need a whole body wash because I already love you. I cannot love you more. I cannot love you less. I will love you to the end. Now, Jesus knows what he's saying because he knows that actually in time, Peter will deny him. Three times he will deny him. And he knows that Peter actually can't go deep enough. He knows that actually he's going to have to go deeper for Peter. He's going to have to go to the depths of hell on the cross for Peter. Because Peter cannot go deeper with Jesus. He can't pay the debt. He can't deal with all the fears and the pride he has, all the vulnerabilities he has, all his failures. And so Jesus says, you can't do that. So I'm going to love you to the end. I'm going to go to the cross for you. You're accepted. I love you. You have my approval. 
Don't fear. I will love you to the end. You're accepted. You can be vulnerable with me. I will love you to the end. You're part of my family. I will love you to the end. Let me come close to you. Let me go deeper with you as I choose. Because I will love you to the end in my death on the cross. I will love you to the end. So let me go deeper with you and let me wash your feet. It's a beautiful moment, isn't it? Jesus is reaching out to Peter and really trying to, to reach into his heart and see him change. What's so interesting is that we don't hear of how Peter's feet are washed. Uh, it, it seems clear that they were. And it seems that Jesus washes all of his disciples' feet. And it's only as they are captivated by Jesus, only as they come to understand who he is, as he lets them wash their feet, that Jesus then moves on and says these words in verse 14. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. It's in that context, in the context of a love that will never end, where Jesus has come and washed their feet, where he's gone deeper with them, that he then sends them out. And I want to suggest to you, to the extent that we understand that Jesus loves us to the end, to the extent we let that seek deeper into our hearts, the idea that Jesus descended in the hell on the cross for us, took the debt that we could not pay, dealt with all our fears and failures and vulnerabilities and needs for approval on the cross, to the extent that we understand that is the extent with which we will be captivated by Jesus Christ and his love for us. And in his power, we will then be able to go deeper with other people and make it not about us, but about Jesus. About serving him. So this evening, I want to invite you this year to go deeper with one another, but be captivated by Jesus and what he's done for you. Let him go deeper with you, and as he goes deeper with you, go deeper with other people. Make it all about him, not about you. Can I ask you just to do one thing this week? Just one. Think of one person and one conversation that you might be able to go deeper with. Think of one person and one conversation where you might be able to go deeper with someone. Don't make it awkward or difficult or whatever. Be sensible about the way you go about it, of course. But begin there. And of course, have many conversations after that as well. But let's begin there as we're captivated by the love of Jesus.
for listening to the Newtown Erskineville Anglican Church Podcast. For more audio content and information about our church, please visit neac.com.au.